It has come to our attention that some of you are guilty of superstition. Dude, trust us. Winning after an XL pepperoni pie before every game is just a coincidence. Take a breath. And maybe a diabetes test. We're your home for the winning edge. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, here we go. Vegas Sportsbook Radio from the KSHP studios in Las Vegas. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Mark Lawrence coming up a little bit. Always good stuff on a Wednesday. Tomorrow, we'll be over at the Superbook at the Westgate. Andy Isco, Chris Wynn swinging by. Love our guests. Sportsbook, sportsbook directors got you covered both sides of the counter. Chris Bavona, our producer back in New York. Follow me on Twitter at Brian Blessing. Follow him on Twitter at Stevie Slapshot. By the way, I'm really, like, mad at myself. What'd you do now? I do pride myself on being a fairly observant creature. Oh. Like, I see my granddaughter. I go, hey, honey, you grew an inch. I mean, you know. Somebody in the office, somebody gets a, well, the ladies gets a change of hairdo. Hey, I like your hair. I mean, I know. What's going on with you, man? You're, you're losing weight. Yeah, I am. Not on, not on purpose. I, you're wilting away on me. Yeah, that's not going to happen. But I, I don't know. I, I probably dropped 15 pounds, I'm guessing. I, I'll, I'll, next time I get a chance, I'll step on a scale. I'll, I'll, I'll give you the reading. But I, I was up to around 220, and I'm, I'm like, Around right around six foot, so two twenty is not horrible, but I, I don't mind losing. But I, it wasn't on purpose. I just I've got a lot of other things going on, so I'm just not eating as much as I used to. I mean, all right, I'll take one for the team. Come over to the house, I'll feed you, whatever. <laughs> hey, if Marie's cooking, I'm there. All right, man. You feeling good though? Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, like, no. I'm, I, 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 look. I could have stood to lose the fifteen pounds if that's what it is. So I'm, I'm it's fine. Uh, the thing, the pan- pandemic, I officially call the thing. Yeah, that's a good term for it. I like that. I mean, I didn't need the Fitbit. It was 19 and a half feet from the recliner to the fridge. <laughs> I I got back to and you, and a, a dose of normalcy again. Yeah, yeah. But it was, I'm like, I'm finding a way to occupy my time. And, and, and I was the, walking through doors sideways. That, that 19 feet, though, gets a lot of reps. So yeah, yeah, <laughs> that's pretty much what was going on there for a long time. Baker Mayfield is officially out. Okay, for the Thursday night game, the numbers dropping like a rock. Good. I'm. I. You know. I know. Chuck maybe looked a little sideways at me in the in the first hour. Why? I, you know, laying a small number with Cleveland. Maybe I can even get him a pick them. We'll see. I. I. Denver hasn't knocked my socks off here recently. No. So the the only and I get it. Both well, there, running backs are There are plenty of too. gray areas. You know, red flags. Both teams. Mm-hmm. I'd be all in with you, and I'm not saying you're not going to be right. Mm-hmm. If it was a regular game, not Thursday. Mm-hmm. Like. How much work's Keenum going to get with the ones? Yeah, He's fair. getting up practice. That's that, that doesn't mean it can't work. Yeah. 
But then you take the running backs out. All that's all that's true. I I, I just think I'm 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 going to end up with a real good number. I I I could be wrong, but um, Cleveland, even with these people missing, Cleveland still feels like the better team to me. And and I'm I might get three points better than I than I should. You know, although the way I say should, you know, these guys are out. So, well, I'll throw one out there. Just I'm not talking out of both sides of my mouth. I mean. I, you know, that game, you would think, should be pretty pedestrian offensively. Correct. Field goal kickers, busy. Yeah. Okay. Which is good. I got McManus on a okay. fantasy team. What's the total? 41. So 41. All right, so Cleveland and under. They it may maybe. come down more. All right, I'll have, to go, I'll have to go grab that. But I'll give you one in that might sound nutty. And I do think they're betting the under. Monday night football. I don't know why. I can see New Orleans and Seattle. I can see Winston and even Geno Smith. Putting up numbers? Playing okay. Okay. And, you know, you get more reps. You you, you know, you get a groove and a rhythm going. Okay. He's still got Lockett and Metcalf to throw to. Yeah. And Winston's actually twelve TDs to three picks. He's protecting the ball. I I I just I got a feeling about New Orleans, Brian, and I I could miss on this too. I I got a feeling a like big with, picture with, with feeling yes with each week that they're going to get better. That you know that uh, Winston's knowledge of what Peyton wants to do is going to get better with each passing week as 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 he soaks in what uh, Peyton's teaching him. Uh, in practice each week, I just I I, I just think that they ha- they have a really good uh, rest of the season here in the NFL. Do the Saints? Mark Lawrence, Playbook Sports, is going to join us in a moment. Don't forget our friends at John Smith Subs Lunchtime, ninety-seven hundred one West Flamingo. Hey, on Mondays and Thursdays, we're football garb in there, twenty percent off for the Monday night and Thursday night games. Our friends at Oasis, forty-nine fifty-five South Decatur. NBA, hockey, football, whatever. All the games on TV. Great food, great drink, great atmosphere. Adam Kuttner's back with a power play giveaway. It's a Golden Knights game day. Our friends at Terrible Herbs. You get the VGK $1,000 game day giveaway at Terribles all around the valley. Coming back to Vegas on Sportsbook Radio. Stick around. We are your official source for gaming, odds, and more. Except no substitutes. They won't be around. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot in Vegas. And we love talking football with our bud, Mark Lawrence. Playbooksports.com. The information outstanding. The Coffee Club, the newsletter, the midweek alert. The magazine is still of great use throughout the course of the football season. Hello, Mr. Lawrence. How you doing, bud? 
I'm doing just terrific, Brian. How are you doing? Uh, hanging in there, man. And it's hard to fathom NFL Week 7 already. And then a Thursday night game, your Brownies, uh, they'll be playing the MASH theme when they come on the field before the game. We know Mayfield's out. The running backs are a disaster. Denver's no great shakes coming in. But with the confirmation that Mayfield's out, a number that just dropped like a rock below three. Yeah, I think everybody was anticipating that, especially watching him just getting pummeled like a pinata each and every week. That offensive line, both of their offensive tackles have been out for the Cleveland Browns, and it's really, really taking a toll, not only on Mayfield, but the running backs as well, as both of those guys are out. I mean, more more big picture, Mark. I mean, you think of these injuries at the quarterback position. I mean, Russell Wilson, Mayfield, you, you go around the league. I mean, these are massive injuries that just have big impact for the whole season. San Francisco with both guys nicked. Yeah, right I mean, now. what do we do with Garoppolo or Lance coming back? you got to put all your faith in your backup in your system. You know, for Cleveland, Kevin Stefanski's system is is really a sound, solid one. You know, the running game, and he'll concentrate on that. He's still got some running backs back there. And you've also got Case Keenum, who will be going up against his former team in Denver. So, you know, he'll be he'll be psyched for the football game as well. So this will be more about, I think, Kevin Stefanski against Vic Fangio than anything else with his number now below three. Uh, I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, and we'll see whether or not Stefanski can outwit Vic Fangio. All right, Mark, let's just move on with the letdown spots and all the things. And buys are now part of the equation. Four teams coming off a bye, six teams on a bye this week. Yeah, it's, uh, I know that because <laughs> selfishly I write the NFL portion of the newsletter and uh, I had a little bit of an, of an easier week this week because there were six teams that are off. So I got to sleep in a little bit, but uh, that's the case and we're going to be running in that down the road here, six more teams uh, next week and then it'll start to thin out again. But uh, uh, it's, you know, it's going to benefit football teams. I think the Cleveland Browns wish they'd have had a week off this week uh, in particular. But uh, we'll see how it all fares and shakes out. Uh, I know the bye week can be very beneficial for teams that are hurting. It can also hurt teams that have momentum because momentum, a bye week, can really straddle a team that's really going well and wanting to continue to keep playing week after week. Mario, it's amazing how one game has tentacles to upcoming games, and we're getting a very tight window of this. Buffalo beats Kansas City, letdown spot, and... Listen, Tennessee played their lungs out. The Bills, again, you kind of beat themselves, uh, to be honest with you. No issue with them going for it. It just didn't pan out. Now, Tennessee, they go from that game, and here comes Kansas City into town. Casey's laying five and a half, total 57. I'm going to ask you a question, Brian. Um, Why is Kansas City laying five and a half points in this football game? I think it's largely name and reputation. Andy Reid, Patrick Mahomes, the Super Bowl winners from a couple of years ago. But you can make a case that no team is playing as poorly right now as are the Kansas City Chiefs. They're really, really suffering from the Super Bowl letdown this year. They're leading the league in turnovers, uh, in uh, giveaways thus far this football season here. Patrick Mahomes is turning the ball over an unprecedented amount of times that we've never seen before. Just a very undisciplined football team. And you're going to ask yourself whether this momentum for Tennessee will carry over here after upsetting Buffalo last week and dressing up as a home underdog again this week. And remember, the last two times these two teams met was in the AFC playoffs 
the championship game two years ago. So Tennessee, I'm sure, will have this game circled on its calendar as well. Well, I would say to you, and this will sound crazy, but I mean it, why is the total only 57? Well, I, you know, because I don't think they want to be getting up into the 60s in the National yeah. Football League just yet. <laughs> but KC can't stop anybody, and, no. and it should be a track meet. You know, what's what's funny about that, Brian, is last week uh, in the National Football League on Sunday, the games had the highest margin of victory uh, all season long. The games were decided by 15.4 points per game. So it kind of killed, if you would, a lot of teaser players in that sense. But uh, it was kind of a wild and woolly Sunday in the National Football League last week. Hey, Mark, while we got you on, I, I respect your opinion so much. I got a feeling about the New Orleans Saints. We were talking about it last segment. I, I just wanted to get your opinion on the Saints this weekend and and going forward here as we approach the second half of the NFL season, it feels like Jameis Winston is really getting it under Sean Payton's tutelage. Well, you know, unfortunately for me, Stevie, I see it the other way, and uh, I'm a big Sean Payton fan, uh, unquestionably, but I don't think they're maximizing uh, what they're what they're capable of doing with Jameis Winston. And the other side of the equation is number one. Uh, I look at the yards uh, that this football team has produced. They've been out yarded each of the last four football games in a row. Have the Saints. Now they're going to go into Seattle as a favorite in a football game because Russell Wilson's sitting out. Uh, this is Geno Smith's second turn here at the helm. I don't know if that's going to be beneficial for Seattle or not, but I've got to see a better, clean game from New Orleans before I'm ready to lay points with the football team. As much as I love Sean Payton as a head coach, and he finds ways to win football games rather than lose them, it's a football game I'm going to stay out and watch and see how this thing shakes out on Sunday. Mark, what do we do seriously with the Raiders? They're laying three to Philly. So... Okay, the distraction of Gruden, I think it serviced in the week leading up to the Bears game. Then it was, how do they react? Circle the wagons, we hate the world, or pout. They circled the wagons. But then water's going to find its level here. What are we dealing with with the Raiders laying three against the Eagles? Well, that's probably the $64,000 question. People wanted to know that answer last week before they played, and uh, it was it was revealed. Uh, so you can make this case in point and say that, you know, maybe this football team is going to be charged for the rest of the football season and keep playing to winning one for the Gipper in that sense. Uh, the talent's there, obviously. Derek Carr was having a terrific football season. And I think they're getting the right opponent this particular week in Philadelphia. The Eagles coming off that uh, what looked to be a close game last week against Tampa, but they were completely outplayed in the contest, and that fluke two-point conversion cashed the ticket for the for the Eagles in the game. But the Raiders have a bye week after this football game, so they're not looking ahead to anything or have any reason to be uh, cautious about their approach to this football contest. There, I'll be surprised if the Raiders don't make it two in a row without John Gruden on Sunday. Hey, the Bills stubbing their toe. I'm telling you, the door really, really wide open for Baltimore. It's a pretty favorable schedule. And you're looking down the road, they get a real shot here now to host the championship game, I think. I mean, uh, or at least have home field advantage in the playoffs. But they're laying six to a Bengals team that doesn't go away quietly in these games. 
This is probably this is one of the best matchups that I think on the card on Sunday. A, a real key division matchup here. Baltimore emerging as the best team in the division, uh, albeit for injuries to the Cleveland Browns as we speak right now. But the Baltimore defense is becoming sneaky good right now, Brian. Uh, if you go back and you look, three of their last four games they held opponents to season low yardage marks. And if that defense comes around with this offense, they can be lethal. Can the Baltimore Ravens? I think what works for them in their favor on Sunday is is two things. Number one, this is the third of three in a row at home, which has always been a real favorable position for teams when they're hosting a division game in that third leg. And the other one is Cincinnati is suddenly uh, crawling up their back. They're one game back of them right now, and they've got uh, they've got Baltimore's attention. Cincinnati does for everything that they've done. Uh, not the not to shoot arrows at Cincinnati. You know they've deserved what they've got so far this year. Uh, they held last game Green Bay to a season or last game I should say uh, Detroit to a season low in yardage marks. I think it's going to be a heck of a football game, but I think the Ravens put their stamp on this football game. We love the information. He's the man. Our good friend Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. The information is spectacular. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Here's the SportsGrid Radio Network. Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. Hey, we're talking college football. Glad to do it. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. Before we do the deep dive, Mr. Lawrence, tell the folks about all the cool info and how to get it. Well, it's all available. All of our stuff we do, Brian, we publish three weekly newsletters. The only over-under totals tip sheet in the country called the Playbook Totals Report, our weekly football newsletter, the Playbook Newsletter, and our midweek alert. That's our daily racing form statistical newsletter, all available online at playbooksports.com. Or if you can't get there, you can always visit our friends in Las Vegas over at the Gamblers Book Club. All right, Mark, let's get into some of the big games this week. We know at the end of the year we get to rivalry week, but we got one this week. USC and Notre Dame, Irish are laying seven in this spot, total 57 and a half, 58. Yeah, this game might not have the luster that it maybe was perceived to have at the beginning of the year, and I don't know if that's because Clay Helton is gone and the Southern Cal football program has kind of turned upside down, uh, or the fact that Notre Dame has really been a little bit disappointing thus far this football season, but it's still going to be the Irish against the Trojans, and that's going to always be must-watch TV. I think it's a pretty good matchup here for Southern Cal in the game here. I know that they sort of took a uh, a dip, if you will, upon Helton's uh, release, but I still like the makeup and the talent on the Southern Cal football team. The question is, you know, can they come focused uh, and play a disciplined brand of football, which I believe they can in a football game uh, like this. they got a week of rest to get ready for the Irish here, and they're coming off that disappointing loss as a home chalk against Utah here. This looks like the right spot for Southern Cal to come in here. They're playing with revenge. They lost here by three the last time they were here in 2019. I'm going to grab the points with the Trojans in the football game. Mark number three, Cincinnati, up to 27.5 at Navy. Can Navy slow this game down enough to get inside that number, or do the Bearcats side of the scoreboard look like a slot machine this weekend? 
Well, they've been looked like a slot machine most of the season thus far this year, Stevie, so it's been tough uh, going in and, and fading this football team. But I think this is the right spot here this particular week. Uh, number one, Navy being a military team, as they are, you're always going to get their best effort. Uh, they're up and down this year, are the midshipmen. But uh, we pointed out in our newsletter this week, we have a feature called a Bet You Didn't Know column. And, uh, and our, it features in on the fact that military teams, whenever they're taking 20 or more points in football games, have been like gold. Just absolutely terrific. That's what you got with Navy. We're grabbing all these points here. The Bengals, or the Bearcats, I should say, have not lost to the spread this year in an FBS football game. There's a first time for everything, and I think it comes in this contest. I'm going to grab Navy plus the points in the game. Poor old Cincy not getting any respect. Stevie says number three in the country. They're number two. Oh, they're number two? Oh, my bad. Bearcats. I mean, for now. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Mark's taking a point. Yeah, there you go. Hey, how about Clemson and Pitt, Mark? And at the beginning of the year, did anybody see this coming? Pittsburgh laying three and a half and the total 48. This Clemson offense is just unbelievably ordinary. You know, I don't know what the line in this game was in Vegas before the season began, but I'm going to best 14? guess. Clemson. I'm going to say at least teens. Yes, exactly. Maybe you know, 14, 16 points. Uh, it's swung that much this year because of what Clemson hasn't done thus far this football season here. And you got to go back to 2016. That's 64 regular season games in a row to find the last time Clemson was an underdog during the regular season. Uh, that was, like I say, against Louisville in a game like this. So what have you got here from Clemson so far this football season? Deeply disappointing. Yes, we'll check that box. But they're also four and two on the football season this year. Their loss came to, first loss came to Georgia in a real tough close call football game at ten to three to begin the season, which sort of set the table in this game. And then I think the uh, the eyebrowsing loss or eyebrow raising loss was against NC State when they lost by double digits on the road. I still think Clemson has talent on this football team. They just underachieved. I think the line in this football game is all wrong, and I'm going to play Clemson plus the points here. How interesting a spot is this with Wake Forest laying a field goal at Army? And Army is a monster at home. Lose to Wisconsin last week. Couple of uh, road losses. But they start a four-game homestand. You do have Air Force in the on-deck circle. But is Wake Forest walking into a tornado here? They could be, Brian, and uh, you know one of the reasons is uh, they're undefeated, so they carry that bullseye on their back, which is going to get the attention of almost every opponent they play. For sure, it'll get the attention of, uh, of a military discipline team like Army. Uh, I think the other thing that works against Wake Forest in this game is the fact that there's a week of rest in between their perfect record, and we've oftentimes talked about this, that bump in the road for these perfect teams that really breaks momentum, and I don't think rest helps a football team like Wake Forest at this particular stage of the season here. I could see Army pulling the rug out on Wake and ruining their perfect season on Saturday. Mark, uh, BYU, I believe, opened one and a half. They're now up to four at Washington State. That's probably off of the news of uh, the Rolovich uh, situation at Washington State. And BYU's quarterback situation getting healthier. Is four still an, is that too high of a number now to lay with BYU? Good luck finding that Rolovich scenario in the database, Mark. <laughs> Well, I'm trying to make a category for vaccinations and non-vaccinations, but I still haven't been able to get a programmer to do that just yet. So 
uh, we'll deal with what it is right now. Uh, I still think Washington State comes and plays in this football game here. I think, that, well, number one, they're probably a very PO'd football team, given the fact that Rolovich was given the boot. Number two, uh, they're playing some really good football. Uh, heading into this football contest here. They dropped three of their first four games to begin the season, but they were on a nice 3-0 and straight-up and point-spread run coming into the game, winning the stats solidly in every one of those football games. BYU is like a yo-yo. You just don't know if they're up or they're going to be down, and I think they can be exposed in a game like this. This is a case, again, like, you know, do the, the, the Las Vegas Raiders come to play one for the Gipper here? Do the Cougars come to play one for the Gipper and Nick Rolovich here, here, Rolovich here on Saturday? I believe they will. I like Washington State in the football game. What do you make of number eight, Oklahoma State, uh, hitting the road at Iowa State? I think it's one of the best football games on the card this particular week. Uh, you know, um, uh, not too many teams involving top 25 paired teams, this being, I think, the only one on the college football card this Saturday. Uh, and because they're undefeated, uh, they're going. Uh, Oklahoma State is going to get Iowa State's attention here. Uh, as you know, I'm a huge Matt Campbell fan here. He's just been absolutely terrific in his career, 67 and 42 to the spread in his career in all line football games. But and there's always a but, and the big but is against undefeated football teams. Matt Campbell is only seven and 13 to the spread. 0-4 when he's been favored in those football games. So rising up to this level has been a little bit of a different result here for Matt Campbell here. Uh, Oklahoma State, one of only 11 undefeated teams this year. On the flip side, Iowa State, one of only eight teams that have won the yards in every football game they've played thus far this football season here. I think this is game comes down to who scores last, and with that, i got to take the points with the Cowboys here. Mark, not a game this week, and I'm sure a game you've not done any work on yet. So here I go asking you about it anyway. Uh, and I'm curious, if you go from memory, the bubble burst theory, it's that time of year. Teams suffer that first loss. Next week, Iowa's playing Wisconsin, but they get a week in between just from memory. And we'll, we'll ask you about it next week. But from memory, does a bye week help take the, uh, you know, the salt out of the wound? It does, and you know that's one of the caveats with the bubble burst teams. We want them to play the next week when their jaw is still on the ground, and you know they don't have a chance to have it repaired or uh, you know re- uh, doctored up a little bit. So uh, we, I won't be fading Iowa because of that next week because of the bubble burst in effect. Uh, and but I might look at it more because they're going to f- be facing a Wisconsin football team that is a lot better than their record indicates here. So, uh, but the bubble burst is uh, to answer your question quickly. Yes, I do not use them when they have a week of rest in between the games. Ohio State up to 21 at Indiana. Mark, uh, Michael Penix, from what I've been reading, is out, and I think he's going to miss multiple games. Indiana hasn't been playing well anyway, 2-4 and four now. Yeah, does Indiana find a way to stay close with Ohio State, or do the Buckeyes roll here? Well, you'd like to think so. Indiana's got the ability to do just that, but uh, we talked about disappointing teams. Clemson right at the top of the list. I think Indiana's right there, too, number two or three in the country. And it's a lot to do with Michael Penix and the way he has not performed this year. I will say this. I do not want to step in front of Ohio State right now. I think they're playing as good a football as anybody in the country, especially over the course of their last three football games. They've scored 52 or more points in each of the last three contests. They're on a roll offensively, and they're back defensively as well. 
I think the Buckeyes are going to steamroll Indiana in this football game as well. Mario, it's, it's not a marquee game by any stretch, but it just out of curiosity, Penn State's laying 23.5, hosting the Illini 46.5. It's just, you know, it's when you lose, really, and all of a sudden, they should have beat Iowa. The quarterback gets hurt. Painful loss, but they didn't drop that far in the rankings. And now Iowa loses. Penn State controls their destiny. If the team's ahead of them, they're going to play. They do just that. James Franklin is very, very well aware of that. So, you know, he will. He, he's the kind of a coach who's inclined to put his foot on the pedal and keep it there. If there's any benefit for him whatsoever, and you laid it out perfectly, there is benefit for him to do just that. I don't want any Brett Bielema in this football game here. He was a good coach at Wisconsin because he had the horses. He went to Arkansas. He didn't have the horses. They let him go. He doesn't have the horses at Illinois here. He'll be gone here sooner than later as well. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. We get another segment doing the deep dive on college football. Stevie, this is nuts. I mean, second half of the season. Sandwich games, look-ahead spots, rivalry games, bubble burst games. Nuts and sandwiches. You're making me hungry. Ah, nice segue. Coming back with Mark Lawrence, we're hungry for more great information. That's what we'll do when we return on Vegas Sportsbook Radio. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the SportsGrid Radio Network. Vegas Sportsbook Radio. Brian Blessing, Stevie Slapshot. We're doing college football. Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com is with us. But Mr. Lawrence wants a brief moment to brag about his Florida Panthers. Off to a nice start in the NHL. Well, thank you for the floor, Brian. I really appreciate that as a Panthers <laughs> fan. <laughs> You're fired up, man. Yes, I am. Uh, I really, really liking what I'm seeing, not just because they started out 3-0, and but uh, it's a lot deeper than that, and it's the cohesion on the hockey team. The players all really, really like one another. Totally selfish team. And I was telling you before about a kid on the team. We talked a little bit about him before. His name is Anton Lundell. Uh, he's from Finland. He's a 20-year-old who, when he played over in Finland, he was a young kid playing in the in the better, the best leagues in Finland. Probably the La Liga League, which is, he's playing against older men. Exactly what it was. He's playing against older men over there, and he, com- he comes in here as a savvy veteran rookie, and he's just absolutely taking over this hockey team here. He leads the team in uh, uh, penalty kills. He leads the team in face-off wins. He got his first goal and his first assist last night. He is the real deal. Keep an eye on him in particular, but uh, I really like what I see because behind Bobrowski, the goalie who met with so much so much disdain last year, he's beginning to get his act together, and behind him is a kid named Spencer Knight, another 20-year-old goalie who is absolutely spectacular between the pipes. So there's a lot to like about the Panthers this year keep an eye on the hockey team. I'll, I'll be really, really surprised if they don't go a long way in the playoffs by the end of the season. Well, Mr. Lawrence, 
He's so focused on college football, the NFL, but a watchful eye on his hockey team. I love that. Well done. So I got to ask you, you know, where the dose of reality kicks in, BC's against Louisville. Louisville lane six and a half, total 57. And life was rosy for BC. I mean, things were just going swimmingly. And then they ran into NC State, Mark. How do they react? Well, this Louisville football team, uh, they're like a yin and a yang of college football as well because uh, last year they did a lot of losing where games they were winning the stats solidly. Then they would win games and get inside out and lose the yard. So it's kind of like pull your hair out handicapping this Louisville football team. And it hasn't really gotten a whole lot better thus far this football season here at all. Uh, just the same. They come in here having get out yarded each of their last three football games in a row. They have a week of rest to get ready for the game here. But I'm going to be on Boston College in the game here. You mentioned about how good they got off to a start thus far this football season here, and I don't think they've thrown in the, in the towel in any way, shape, or form after the 4-0 start with these two losses that they've had here. I like the Eagles in the contest here only because Louisville is being asked to step up, and I don't know if they're capable of stepping up at this stage. Hey, Mark, uh, Michigan off a bye hosts Northwestern. I think there's some reasons to like the Wolverines here, but up to 23-and-a-half now. Is that too high of a number, according to the well-oiled machine? Yeah, that's a big, big number, Stevie. Well, when you take a look at uh, you know what you're asking Michigan to do, they're, they're sort of like, uh, in my eyes, a, a little bit of the Oregon of the Pac-12. Michigan is in the Big Ten, except they do things better statistically. Their defense is actually pretty good. Uh, the Wolverines have held three teams, checked them down to season-low yards thus far this football season here. But you've got another undefeated team playing with rest. We talked about that earlier, where you're undefeated. The week of rest comes in and bumps you right out of stride, and that could work against Michigan in this game as well. I'm going to play Fitzgerald, the vet, the savvy veteran coach, to outcoach Harbaugh in the game, and I'll take the points with the Wildcats. Mark, uh, you and I both, we better start doing the math. I mean, we've been doing this a lot of years together now, and I relish every moment of it. But I'm going to throw something at you I never thought I'd see or say out loud, and I bet you you agree. Georgia Tech and Virginia. Virginia's a seven-point favorite. But all those years of the option offense at Georgia Tech and Virginia with Mendenhall being a defensive guy, just something that's foreign to the eye to see a total of 63 for a Georgia Tech-Virginia game. I'm like, I'm doing a double take. <laughs> well, you know, a lot of it's uh, in the here and the now of what they're doing here right now. And look at this Virginia football team. My goodness. If you add it up, Brian, six of their seven games, they've tallied over 500 yards in those football games. I think Bronco Mendenhall pitched the defensive playbook and inserted an offensive playbook here. That's a lot of what's going on here right now. Uh, Georgia Tech on the other side, I love their head coach, and I like the job that he's doing with the football program here. Uh, Jeff Collins, along the way, we've touted him a long time. He's got this football team scratching and clawing their back up to 500 in the contest here. I think it's going to be a heck of a football game. It's a real, real tough handicap, but I probably lay the points with Virginia if I had to do it on their home field. I'm not giving you the homework assignment. I'm going to do this myself because I'm just going from memory. But it seems to me like the M.O. this year for the Cavs, they come flying out of the gate and then they let teams come back. I wonder if Virginia in the first half isn't a good way to go with these guys. 
Well, like you said, they've been putting up a lot of points and taking a lot of early leads in football games. I would argue to say that in that loss at North Carolina and Wake Forest, the back-to-back losses, that maybe wasn't the case early on. They didn't know how to play from behind, but they're doing a lot of that thus far this football season here. So as far as Bronco Mendelhall is concerned, it ain't broke, and he's not going to fix it. How about, I mean, we're just talking about the smaller conferences, Mark. Let's go to the MAC. Just generally speaking, because there are opportunities up and down the menu. Instead of me picking a game, why don't you give me a couple of games in the MAC that caught your eye? Well, it, it, it's interesting handicapping the MAC because uh, every every year, you know, some teams surface and some teams plummet. And the team that's really got me scratching my head this year is Toledo, a football team that uh, ranked number one in the country in total returning production from experience standpoint and got out to a real strong start. But now they limp in here off back-to-back losses. And what are they doing here this week because of those back-to-back losses? They're saddling up as a home dog against Western Michigan in this football contest here. Uh, Even the times that they've lost the yards this year, they've never been totally outplayed in those football games here. I'm going to stay with Toledo in the football contest here. I think experience goes a long, long way towards putting a Band-Aid on a football team that's made some mistakes. They were beat twice as favorites in the last two football games. Now they dog up at home. I think the wrong team's favorite there. I'm going to play Toledo plus the points. All right, here we go. Wisconsin at Purdue. Wisconsin lane three. This should be a breath of fresh air for them after having to play Army last week, which can be so frustrating to play an option team in the middle of a season. And Purdue is coming off this massive win. Is this not like the almost automatic? You look at it and say it's a letdown spot for Purdue, or do they run with it? You know, I'm a little bit uh, betwixt and between in this game for one reason here, Brian. I mentioned before about the uh, Iowa State football team. They were one of only eight teams in the country that have out-yarded everybody they've played. Well, Purdue is one of those eight teams that have done just the same. They've really earned their ranking, their stripes so far. The problem is they just crashed into the top 25 for the first time in a long time between drinks of water for this football team. That's usually where you'll see a team and forget about them because they lose and they're gone, and you wonder, was that team ever ranked this football season here? I think they're taking on the wrong team in Wisconsin this week because the Badgers are a lot better football team than their record indicates so far this season here. They're really, really staunch defensively. Three times they've held season opponents the season low yards. I think Wisconsin exposes Purdue on Saturday. All right. It's been a soap opera year for LSU, and Mississippi's had the roller coaster ride, too. The one thing that's been a constant are points for the two. The total 76, uh, Ole Miss laying nine. Yeah, Ole Miss comes out that uh, that really funky finish in that Tennessee football game Saturday night. Uh, I'm pulling my hair out because, you know, I was on the, out, the wrong side of that football game. And couldn't go to sleep that night, but nonetheless, it, was, it is what it was, and Tennessee walked out, or Mississippi, I should say, walked out with the victory here. LSU, they make the announcement about Ed Ogeron, and I get this feeling, Ed Ogeron being this, this larger-than-life cheerleader that he is at LSU and a heck of a recruiter, is going to have these kids playing their you-know-what off for him from now till the end of the football season because he's announced he's retiring. Uh, he's going to hang up his hat at LSU, and I think they're going to get a maximum effort out of his team each and every game moving forward here, and I think it starts here in this contest here. They're dogging up here, and I think they can pull the rug on Mississippi here to start this uh, this revenge run, if you will, for Ed Ogeron to close out the season. All right, a couple angles kind of colliding here. And maybe not colliding, maybe adding up. But you have San Diego State at Air Force. 
Air Force three and a half. Look at the total, 39. But Air Force has Army coming up. And you've talked about the Mountain West teams pretty comfortable in their own skin going up there. Yeah, this is a little bit of a tough call because you're taking this uh, this uh, sea level team and playing them up, up in the mountains, and it's really, really difficult to ask those teams to come back and stay alive. The problem is San Diego State hasn't made a mistake yet thus far this football season here. They're one of these few undefeated teams, one of the 11. They're still unbeaten on the season here so far. Uh, they've got the top-ranked rush defense in the country, and I think that's the key in the football game. They only give up 61 yards a game on the ground. That's Air Force's uh, forte. It's what they do the best. If they stuff that Air Force run, I don't think there's a plan B for Air Force in the football game. I'm going to play San Diego State to keep their win streak intact here on Saturday. How about Syracuse, Mark, at Virginia Tech? The Orange finally getting their act together uh, to respectability. But both Syracuse and Virginia coming off Defeat Syracuse gave Clemson. Everybody's giving Clemson a run for their money. But um, Virginia Tech laying three and a half, total 45 and a half. Who bounces back best? You know, a loss like that for Clemson could be like a win and a letdown for a lot of other teams because they came so close to knocking off Clemson. And that could have just got written down, let down written all over it, I think, for Syracuse in a contest like this. Then you take it the other side of the coin. You look at Virginia Tech, who laid an egg at home last week. Now they're back at home here against Syracuse, a football team I think is very beatable and very manageable for this Virginia Tech football team here. Uh, you don't find Virginia Tech losing back-to-back home games too many times in a row. Uh, I'm going to look for them to halt the, the losing streak here. Virginia Tech, I think, takes Syracuse down on Saturday. And for the folks right here, Mark, San Jose State at Allegiant Stadium taking on UNLV. San Jose State's laying five, totals 46 and a half. UNLV cannot win a football game, Mark, but they've been making money for you covering four of the last five. Yeah, they've been doing a lot of that here this football season here. And uh, I know there's a lot of people in town that are like what they're doing because they can go to the football game and go cash the ticket right away at the casino right after the game. Uh, but I think this number is a little bit short here this particular week. San Jose State has really, be, really been on the rise. Uh, they hit a little bit of a bump here thus far this football season here. And because they did just that, I think there's value to the Spartans in this football contest here. I'm going to take advantage of that and lay the points with San Jose State in this game. Buddy, a lot of the goodies are coming, right? We get the bubble bursts are going to be popping up. We'll have the sandwich games, the look-ahead spots, the rivalry games. On and on it goes. The back half of the college football season is where a lot of this cool stuff starts to surface, where history repeats itself. Yeah, we're looking forward to that, Brian. Uh, all these little theories, thoughts, and uh, you know, diversions and angles and so forth and whatnot are all going to be cropping to the forefront here uh, where the news gets tighter and tighter for a lot of these undefeated football teams. We love exposing stuff like that. We'll be doing just that on the show with you from now to the end of the football season. The one, the only, Mark Lawrence, PlaybookSports.com. Spectacular information. Mark, one more time, tell the folks how to get all the great info. All the goodies available online at playbooksports.com. You can download all of any of our three newsletters. Or if you're listening in Las Vegas, you can pick them up at our friends over at the Gamblers Book Club. Mark, terrific stuff. Always appreciate your time. Have a wonderful week. You and Stevie do the same, Brian. Take care. Stay well. Be good. Outstanding stuff from Mark Lawrence. Don't forget, you're coming in from out of town. Get yourself a mobile app. And the STN mobile app station casinos all around the valley, up to a $500 sign-up bonus. It's Vegas Sportsbook Radio, Sirius 204, the Sports Grid Radio Network. Now it's just too late for me. Fun 
fact. Even if the last sport you played was tag in fourth grade. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. This is the Sports Grid Radio Network. All right, put a lid on Sportsbook Radio. Scott Farrell next on the network. Locally, Vegas Hockey Hotline. Dave Shane from the RJ is going to join us. Good stuff, KSHP.com. If you're a hockey fan, we think you'll enjoy the discussion. It's always a good time for us. It's kind of our fastest hour of the day. It is. Goes by quick, and Dave Shane's an excellent guest I look forward to. All right, you got a little... Uh, Brewing football stuff. Yeah, so John McClain, who writes for the Houston Chronicle, he's been there a long time, even before the uh, Texans uh, were incepted into the uh, league. But he's uh, writing uh, today uh, that a Deshaun Watson trade to Miami uh, looks very, very close and and may get done as soon as this weekend, uh, according to him. No particulars on it. Um, but, but again, he and uh, I've been looking on Twitter – uh, others are saying that the the deal is close. Doesn't mean it gets done, but well, if that goes down, hmm. I mean, clearly a boatload of ones are involved, right? A boatload, right? Two minimum. Does Tua go back? It's a good question. Is he part of that? Because Watson's not playing this year. Correct. So does Miami throw their hands up and say, let's just get on with it? That's a good question, Brian. I don't have an answer for that. I, if, well, how, how sold do you think Houston would be on Tua as their quarterback? That's a fair question. I mean, if they're getting all these ones, they could be drafted a quarterback. Right. I don't know. I don't know. It's, it's, it's interesting because you're right. He's not going to play for Miami this year. So he just goes. You go stopgap with Tyrod Taylor, or maybe two is part of it. But yeah. then Miami's chucking the season. But the way it's going right now, it's, it's already gone. It's already gone. I don't disagree. Mm. Well, it was always Philly or Miami. That's who they were talking about. Yeah, I, I heard Washington might be in the mix, but. Okay. Now we're looking at Miami. Scott Farrell's next on the network. We've got Vegas Hockey Hotline locally. Have a great day.